Our text is in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 as we begin a second uh, sermon in the series about the life of Abraham. Genesis chapter 12 for our text today. Often when we come to the end of the summer, there's one of those long drizzling rain that soaks everything. My wife looks out at the universal dampness and she makes a comment. She says, this is camping weather. She doesn't say it with glee. (laughs) And she's not really recalling happy hours spent camping sitting around the campfire. What she's recalling is camping in Uncle Ad's backyard and sleeping in a tent. And for over 20 years, we spent our vacations in Uncle Ad's backyard. The company was good, but the accommodations left something to be desired. Our first tent was a yard sale tent, and we discovered that it only leaked when it rained. (laughs) We made upgrades along the way, We were advised by some advanced camper that if we put a big piece of plastic under the tent, the plastic would be a moisture barrier and we would sleep on dry ground. And we discovered that the plastic did hold water on the top side and we woke lying up in a well-preserved puddle. And so my wife made trips to the local laundromat nearly every day. And for a while, we used to abandon the tent in the middle of the midnight rainstorm and uh, run over to Uncle Ad's barn and sleep on the floor. And we were dry, at least, if uncomfortable. There were a few pleasant nights, and we had visitors that raided our campsite. We assumed they were raccoons. So the second night when they came back, I heard them outside the tent. I unzipped the tent to yell threatening things and scare them away. But as I stuck my head out the tent, I saw a very large skunk coming straight (laughs) toward the tent. I quietly pulled my head back in the tent and carefully zipped the zipper, and I wish I was not inside of a tent. (laughs) So it seems that most of our tenting experience was not positive, and that's why the name of the sermon you can see is Who Wants to Go Camping? It's not Who Wants to Go Camping? It's Who Wants to Go Camping? (laughs) My wife's comments about rainy camping weather are pessimistic observations about the unpleasant daily trips to the laundromat, and so tent living has not been a pleasant memory or a favorable pastime for us, we have come uh, to the conclusion that motel rooms with hot showers, cable TV, and complimentary breakfast are much more agreeable <laughs> and to our liking. So you ask, what's that got to do with the text today? We shall soon see. Now we saw last week that after the creation of man, it was ten generations until there was only one man left who believed in God. And God and Noah and his ark saved the human race. And once again, after ten generations, there was only one man left in the whole world who believed in God. And only because God appeared to Abraham and told him to go to Canaan. 
So Abraham and his father Terah headed for Canaan, but stopped halfway at Haran. Abraham's father died, and so God called a second time to Abraham. We begin there where we left off again last week, chapter 12 of Genesis at verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. Now shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. Curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance they had gathered in the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And so it was Abraham left home and traveled on foot to Canaan. And it clearly states that they arrived in Canaan's land. I want you first to notice that Abraham is 75 years old when he begins this trip. It's over 100 miles to Canaan. You'll have to cross desert and mountains and two major rivers to arrive there. You'll have to carry all your supplies with you. It's a major trip, especially if you are 75 years of age. Now, what is Abraham thinking as he begins this journey? Hebrews chapter 11 tells us what was going on in Abraham's mind. And I'm looking at Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 8 and 9. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. So when God said, Abraham, I want you to go to Canaan, Abraham thought, well, I don't really know where I'm going. And God didn't give him a destination Like today, we punch in an address on our GPS cell phone, right? Nothing like that. Well, it's a pretty big place, God said, go to Canaan. So where exactly should I go? And God said, never mind, just go. And then it says, he sojourned living in tabernacles. And we're going to change that from Old English to Modern English. And we put it in Modern English, we would say, he wandered aimlessly. That's what sojourning is. He wandered aimlessly. And he was living in tents. That's what tabernacles were, tents. Something I gave up years ago. And as my wife said, this is camping weather, you know. Abraham is 75 years old, and he travels, wanders around, living in a tent. Now, his tents were black, made of camel hides, hot in the summer, cold in the winter. And I want you to look back at exactly 
what God said to Abraham back in verse 1 of Genesis 12. Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show you. God said to Abraham, Come on, come on over here. I want to show you something. I want to show you this. He didn't say to Abraham, Come and see your new house. He didn't say that. He didn't say, Come to this beautiful piece of property that I've reserved for you. All God said was, come over here, I want to show you something. That's all he said. Now, chapter 12, verse 6. Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem, unto the plain of Morah, and the Canaanite was in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, unto thy seed will I give this land. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Abraham, you see this property? I'm going to give it to your offspring. So my question would have been, okay, God, that's for my descendants. Where do I go? It says in verse 6, the Canaanites were in the land. Now, Canaanites were notorious. First, for having walled cities because they were so violent that they would be destroyed by each other if they had no defenses. They built walled cities all over the land of Canaan. They were also notorious for their evil forms of idol worship. It was these Canaanites who worshipped the sun and the moon. They worshipped fire it was these Canaanites that first thought of sacrificing children to their God by tossing them into a burning fire. They are an evil and degenerate people. You sure don't want them for neighbors. And neither do you want them for landlords. So let's stop and think about Abraham. First, God said... Leave home. Now, I love my home. I walk into my home and there's my chair. My chair. My wife said, get rid of it. I said, I like my chair. Leave it there. And it fits me. So I want it in my home. Upstairs is my bed. I like my bed. It's got lumps in the right places. Right? All through the house are my books. I read my books every day. Books I have collected over a lifetime. It's all in my home. Windows I installed in my home. My pictures hang on my walls. And many times over the years after a hard day's work, it was a great pleasure to come home to my house. I paid for my house. No mortgage left on my house. And when I'm in my house, I feel good. I feel secure. Do you like your house? (laughs) Do you love your home? Can you imagine leaving it behind at 75 years of age? Okay, where am I going? God said, I just want to show you the property that will someday belong to your offspring. 
It's not for you. It's for them. So at 75 years of age, you leave everything behind. Your favorite chair, your favorite bed, your favorite location. And you spend the rest of your life living in a tent. With no permanent spot and no home and no security. You might say, well, okay, if I get to wander through beautiful mountains and over great green valleys and drink from cold springs and free to roam, might be okay. No, no, my friends, you're wandering through a hostile land. Surrounded with walled cities and violent people that hate God and everything that God stands for. How do you like it, Abraham? How do you like your life? Verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there he built it an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence to a mountain on the east of Bethel, pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. When Abraham arrived in Canaan, crossed over the Canaan River, and comes to this place out in the country called Shechem, he set up his tent, such as it was, and then he built an altar. That is, he piled up stones in a big circle and he laid firewood inside the circle and he set it on fire and he prayed to God. And God, it says, heard him and actually appeared to him right there by the altar. He saw God. What did he look like? I don't know, but what I wouldn't give to see God. You got to understand this. Abraham grew up worshiping idols, and he lived in a world full of false gods. His father worshiped fake gods. Abraham never met anyone who believed in God his whole early life. And one day, down there in Earth of Calories, Abraham saw God. And now to Abraham, there's nothing so fascinating and so thrilling and so exciting as God himself. And then God speaks to Abraham, I will bless you and your whole family and every family on earth. Go over to Canaan and I'll show you something. So Abraham goes. What does he see? Idolatrous people with violent tendencies in walled cities. Yes. But he passes by and says, I don't want that. I don't want that. The only city that will ever satisfy me is one that God builds. The rest of it, no thanks. I've discovered God. And he talks with me. And he tells me about a glorious future. This land where the bees swarm in hives so large that the honey drips down from off the rocks. And the cows graze in such rich grass that their udders are full of milk that drips out onto the ground. A land described as flowing with milk and honey. And God has promises to my children and their children after them. I'm thrilled for my children. 
And so my greatest pleasure is to talk to God and to call on him and to build an altar and have him come to me. So the first thing I do after I pitch my tent is build an altar where I can go and be alone with God and call on him. I find wherever I wander, wherever I roam, a ring of stones and a pile of wood and a fire and a sacrifice brings God to me. And so I will make altars all over this land. I spent my early years worshiping foolish idols. All the rest of my days I will call out to God and talk to him and experience his presence with me. But Abraham, don't you miss home? Don't you miss the safety and the security of your home? No, I don't. God goes with me wherever I wander and I feel secure. And I believe he will never leave me or forsake me. I am particularly fond of what he promises to do in the future. That's much more important to me than where I live in the present. My friends, Abraham's lifestyle is really amazing to me. I can't help but have questions about it. How does our life compare to Abraham? The record states that it was by faith that Abraham went to Canaan. He trusted God to lead him into an unknown future. How does our faith compare with Abraham's faith? My first question that comes to my mind is this. Do you have an altar? Maybe not a ring of stones with fire. But do you have a place and a time where you meet God every day? How important is that altar to you? As soon as Abraham stopped for a rest, he built an an altar. It was his highest priority. How high is your personal altar on your list of priorities? Isaiah, the prophet, would explain how it was between God and Abraham. Listen to what he says. Look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bare you. For I called him alone. Abraham spent time alone with God. And God spoke to Abraham when they were alone. Are you ever alone with God? Do you have faith like Abraham? There's another question for us to consider. Are you more focused on your present or on your future? Many of the precious promises of God are for our future. Do you comprehend that God has a plan for your future? 
And do you understand, like Abraham did, that the greatest joys of life are all tied up with how well your children do? Abraham walked with great pleasure through Canaan, knowing his children would own it someday. He himself never owned one acre of Canaan. Not even one acre. So you do, do you treasure God's plan for the future of your children more than your own present? Listen to the good advice that the writer of Hebrews gives us. Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he shall come, he will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. Can you patiently wait for God's future promises? Abraham did. Now a third question. And maybe the most important one. We all need security. It's a basic human need. So from where do you draw your security? If my life flows along quietly and everything goes perfect, then do I feel secure? What if it doesn't? We live in a world full of chaos and uncertainty. Did COVID disturb your life? Did it make you insecure? Does inflation rob you of your security? Abraham gave up his home for a tent. He felt much more safe and secure doing the will of God, living in a tent, than he did staying at home. Over and over again in my life, I've seen people spend a lifetime building their houses with no time for God. And it's no security when you come to the end of life. You can't take it with you. Abraham felt safe and secure, wandering with God. No home, no house, just a black camel-haired tent. No deed to any property, a wanderer. But my, what a happy wanderer he was. He had discovered that God was real, and all his security came from knowing God and talking with God face to face. Do you feel secure just knowing God? Abraham did. And one more question. Abraham lived in a world that was hostile towards God. So do we. The government without hesitation closed down our churches at the same time guaranteeing the liquor stores would indefinitely remain open. The government defends abortion, celebrates homosexuality, turns criminals loose on our streets. We live in a world hostile to God. 
Abraham, in that hostile environment, built an altar and got close to God. And he ignored those walls. Does this anti-Christ world make you draw closer to God? Do you have faith like the faith of Abraham? My friends, the just shall live by faith. Will you grasp hold and cling to him with all your strength for all of your security? My prayer is that come what may, we will find God so fascinating and fulfilling that we'll trust him completely. Let him be our home. Let him be our safety. Let him be our security. And so we learn from Abraham how to live. Next week, God knows Abraham's heart desires and watches God gives Abraham the one thing he really longs for. Next week, more of Abraham. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this man who thought you were worth everything and that just knowing you was the best thing in this world. We agree. Help us to find our security not in the things around us, but in God being near us and close to us. May we draw nearer to him. Teach us the value of that as we go through our lives and in the hostile world that we live in. Bless us. Make us one of your children with the faith of Abraham. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Closing, I'd like you to turn your hymn books to 241. Hymn number 241. Standing as we sing in closing. Draw me near, precious Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Standing as we sing, 241. Draw me near. Page 241.
Lord, we pray that we would come to you and learn to seek after you as we ought to in our lives. We pray that we would build those altars in our lives and spend time with you alone and that you might be the most important thing in our entire existence, Lord, that all the other things would melt away and that we would draw nearer, Lord, to you, not of our own power, but of yours, Lord. We know that if we would just put you first, that you would give us all of the security and all the comfort that we need. So help us in those steps. Help us to learn from Abraham with that faith. Teach us to have faith. Teach us to live our lives in such a way that we would have you always be first. We thank you for what you've done for us for putting your hand on us at all times, even when it seems as though that you are far, Lord, we know that you are near. We help us to have the faith to live through, protect us and be with us and bring us back to this place, we pray in your name.